you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. I'm Amy. Today we're going to talk about some film news, and then we're going to do a full review of season one of Kyle XY. Finally. Oh my god, it's happening. It's happening. It is. You guys you ready? I'm excited. We've been building to this since episode zero. It's unreal. Like, <laughs> finally, we're going to get it to Kyle XY. That's true. Tim, is- Tim will no longer have to wait with bated breath to hear me gush about Kyle XY. Ugh. <laughs> I can't wait. Before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you would write to us. Tell us about the show, what you think about the show, or the things that we talk about. At MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine. And uh, 248-7335-MFN or 248-7335-636 is where you would give us a call and leave us a voicemail so we can play it on the show and talk about it. The Midwest Game Nerds Podcast now has a Facebook, so please go search for it on Facebook and follow. Or like, whatever, you have to like the page to uh, follow it, so do that. And then also, you might have heard at the beginning of the show, we now have a link, amazon.midwestpodcastnetwork.com. If you go on there and buy anything from amazon.com, we will get a very, 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 very small percentage of that, which we will then use to make better stuff for you to listen to. It doesn't cost you anything extra. They don't upcharge you. You still get your Amazon Prime shipping free, all that good stuff. So please, uh, if you think of it and you go to shop on Amazon, go to amazon.midwestpodcastnetwork.com. Willie needs a new pair of shoes. It's true. So it's please true. do that. Willie's shoes, if Willie doesn't have good shoes on, he can't review the movie well. No. That's I'm, very I am, Statistically, I'm much worse without yeah. a good pair of shoes. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this. We do this for free. In fact, we not only do it for free, we do it for negative money because there are costs to keeping the podcast online and the and the hosting and all that good stuff going. True. So any little bit you contribute will help us make a better product for you. So enough of that spiel. On to some film news. We're going to start it off. There's a 1966 Batman animated film that is going to come out. It's a new film based on 1966 Batman, starring Adam West and Burt Ward. They're both returning to do voices for this. What do you guys think about this? I might... It's weird, because if you ask people that are a little older than... Well, a lot older than myself, um, they'll tell you that this was kind of their definitive version of Batman, which is <laughs> yeah. funny to me that it could be, but it, it was. You know, for me, I think it was um, Keaton. Keaton Batman. So... I never have had that much of a soft spot for the 1966 Batman. That being said, I kind of wish it was just Burt Ward and Adam West in the costumes again, because <laughs> that'd be even funnier. But no, I I, I think it's neat. Yeah. I'm down. I mean, I think it's cool that they're still, um, they clearly know that it's a silly thing at this point and that yeah. they can just have fun with it and, you know, have a good time and... It's it's neat. I think it's cool. I think the fans of the show will be super psyched about it. So yeah, it's for the 50th anniversary next year. That's very 2016. cool. 2016. Amy, any thoughts? Sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Let's I'd, do this. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what like how much fun they have with it. If they invite any other Batman over or anything like that as like 
throwaway roles or something like that. I hope it's very tongue-in-cheek. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. I, mean, I hope it's very self-referential and... Hopefully they have some fun. Maybe, I, I hope Adam West tries to do a Christian Bale voice at some point during the <laughs> during the feature. That'd be pretty good. That would be, be neat. Pretty good. That'd be very neat. I would like to see a um, a Turtles Forever type animated movie yeah. where the various Batmen meet each other. That'd be awesome. Where you get like Bat Nipples <laughs> Batman and sixty six Batman and so on and so forth. That would be fun. Fat Batman. All of them. <laughs> Whole nine yards. That would be sweet, but not yet. Maybe. That might be what it is. If this does well, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? The sky is the limit. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yep. Next up, we've gotten some confirmations from various X-Men that their uh, last films as X-Men are on the horizon. Hugh Jackman has confirmed that the uh, via Instagram, so it's not very official yet, but he uh, posted a picture of him with the claws saying one last time. And they're starting filming on the sequel to The Wolverine. And Jennifer Lawrence said that X-Men Apocalypse would be her final X-Men film as Mystique. Uh, Amy, what do you think? I'm more upset about Hugh Jackman than I am about Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Because I don't like her as Mystique. Hmm. Probably one of the few people who do not. But I just, something about it. I just said I don't like her that much as Mystique and I love Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. But Hugh Jackman is Wolverine and he'll be missed in other movies. I feel like Jennifer Lawrence will not be missed as much. Yeah. I think it's considerably easier to cover somebody with blue paint and give them red hair. Like the, the Jennifer Lawrence mystique and the Rebecca Romaine mystique really aren't that different. They're pretty interchangeable, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Willie, what do you think? I'm happy about both these things. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's nothing against either one of them. Honestly, it's not. I like both of them. I like both of them in the roles enough. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, it's no big surprise. I mean, she's uh, she's a movie star now. She's got things to do. This is a role she took before she was a movie star. So <laughs> um, they're not going to pay her the kind of money that it would take to get her back. And, and I think it's good for her to just say, no, nah, I'm done after this. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I I think that one of the one of the reasons I had issues with uh, Future Past looking back on it was the Im- the over-importance of Mystique as a character. Yeah, I never found Mystique that interesting in the comics to begin with. Mm-hmm. I feel like after... Uh, she's been in, what, five movies now? Mystique, yeah. Well, yeah. Five so, movies. Yep. Uh, for a very, very lower-tier supporting X-Men character, I'm very surprised <laughs> she's had that much exposure. Like, There's a lot of other cool female characters in X-Men that they could draw on. I'm not yeah. sure. So I, I'm kind of relieved about it, I'll be honest. Um, Jackman, I'm kind of relieved about it, to be honest. I, I, I think that he's been on an upswing after X-Men 3 and um, Origins. Yeah. And I think it's better that he goes out on top and is fondly remembered than, than not. And I'm glad that he's doing it now because I think the Wolverine was promising enough to get a solid sequel out of it. So I'm hoping that we get one really cool last Jackman Wolverine performance. Yeah, and and I, I need Wolverine to go away for a bit too. I think. <laughs> oh, no, I do. And it's you know it's just the well, character is front and center in every X Men property, and really my favorite X Men movie is the one where he's not in it barely at all. So whether or not he actually, uh, you know, goes away, or they try to recast him. Yeah, I I'd hope that they younger. would have the good sense to not have Wolverine in the next couple movies before they decide to recast. Yeah. 
I'd be concerned. You said your your favorite X Men movie is the one with. Is, are you speaking of First Class? That's probably my favorite X Men movie. Okay. Um, it used to be X Two, but I've watched it since in the last couple of years, and it doesn't age well. Yeah. So, um, no, I think it's just. I think it's there's so many cool X Men characters, and it's another reason why I'm kind of bummed about. Uh, some of the characters are picking for Apocalypse in terms of the younger cast. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that we need Storm in the first wave of, like, why not? The throw in, you know, give me Psylocke, or I guess they are maybe, who knows, but <laughs> give me some, some other characters because there's so many. Channing Tatum Gambit, is that what you want? I'm down. <laughs> there's so many, um, so many cool, interesting, unique X Men characters, really more than any other comic book property because essentially you can give them any power and not have to explain it. Yeah, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot to play with that Singer was able to touch upon in the first couple X Men movies that kind of, it kind of drifted away a little bit over the course of time in terms of the the race racism kind of metaphors and stuff going on there, the allegory yeah. to that, and and I think I think there's a lot you could do with that, and I'm hoping that we get closer towards that, get a little deeper into the subtext of the of the thing, so. Mm-hmm. If that was uh, Halle Berry's last movie too, I'd be totally okay with that. <laughs> I'm over Halle Berry. I, well, is she was she confirmed for Apocalypse? She's I, I don't know. I I can't. I know they cast the younger Storm, but it, she might have been done with Days of Future Past. So. I'm not totally sure. fine with me. I'm not, I'm not actually the, sure. The movie where she got killed like four times. <laughs> it was the, beautiful. Every the time. only the only OG cast member I really want back at this point is James Marsden. Ooh, me too. It's not gonna happen. I vote well, yes, no, but. I'd watch a Cyclops movie. I'm so disappointed. James like, Marsden, I'm so disappointed please. that we get that beautiful home run of a, of a final sequence in Days of Future Past, and we're not going to get like a normal Brian Singer. Like I thought Apocalypse was going to be a lot more parallel timeline than that, and it's sounding like it's not at all. I think it would have been very cool to have Singer continue on with the um, with the newly revised timeline with his old cast, yeah, and maybe have a younger director tackle. Um, Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would, but, it, it would have been sweet to just get a super final send off farewell with that with the with the with the modern day cast. Yeah, because I think everybody has. I think anybody who was in their twenties, you know, I would say even in the thirties, um, has fond memories of that first X Men movie yeah. and the second X Men movie because yeah, they don't hold up like they used to necessarily. They can't be quite put up on the same pedestal as some of the newer stuff, but. That was really our first exposure to any mainstream comic book movie yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't count that direct-to-video stuff that canon films were putting out at the time. Or, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about legitimate movie. It and was like that and Spider-Man. That and Spider-Man. And Blade. Blade was technically the first, but Blade was not what I would consider a, you know, a huge superhero mm. thing. So we have fond memories of that. You know what I mean? And I think that it's really cool that Jackman's been able to keep it up as long as he has because he keeps that kind of old-school comic book movie thing alive, which is awesome. But it's it is a bummer to not be able to. I didn't realize how much I missed that that cast until we saw the cast together again. I know, right? And then oh, I was like, at the school at the end, I was like, damn, I would like to see the cast again, like in a movie. So the, I'm with you on that. The instant that Marsden popped up, even yeah. though I had fallen asleep and woken back up for that final oh, sequence. Oh, that was the movie he fell yes, asleep it was. during. I. Uh, as soon as Marsden popped his head in, I had to look down at you to just see your face and, and the joy that you had. It just, just warms my heart. It's beautiful. You know? It's a beautiful little segment just to have yeah. every, like have the happy family back together. It but. was very cool. And if that's the way it ends, which it probably will be, then you know what? That's fine, too. So Yeah, that's true. It's not, it's not a bad ending, but I wish we'd get one final adventure with that crew before 
you know. I wish we would have had Brian Singer's X Men three, but yeah, yeah. Here oh, we well. are. So. Okay, next up, uh, Ryan Reynolds tweeted the first image of the Deadpool costume. Uh, the the image was a send back or send a uh, send up of the uh, Burt Reynolds on a bare carpet, bare rug seventies picture, seventies picture, yeah. Mm. So, uh, no big Deadpool fans on this podcast, as far as I know, right? No. Well, uh, when I was a kid, I was. Yeah. Um, I had a Deadpool action figure. was one of my favorites. Okay. Very cool. And I had a couple of the old X-Force comics. That, so, before before he was, like... Before he was Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. yeah, before... I mean, and the thing is, I think... I still think he's a cool character. I just... It's one of those characters where... Um, it's tough as a comic book fan, because... Because you see like 18 Deadpool titles on a rack, and I'm like, yeah. why can't Moon Knight keep his title alive for like, just bums me out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, can we cut one of these Deadpool titles? But I, I mean, it's all about sales. And, and it's weird to me to have people come up if they notice like my Captain America keychain, or I'm wearing, they're like, oh man, do you like Deadpool? And it's really weird because it's like, yeah. do you read comics? I mean, <laughs> not that I'm trying to be judgmental, but it's just, it's weird. It's, it's, it's weird to me to have somebody come up and ask me if I know Deadpool. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. But what do you what do you think about the about the I, costume? It looks amazing. I mean, yeah. it's it's literally I, it's it's straight up. I, the eyes are what really got me. Yeah, because so often in comic books, characters are drawn with white, pure white eyes. Yeah, and you've never seen that in a costume on screen because it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense for a character to look like that. So it's really cool to see him with the white eyes because it's it looks like a comic book. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm down. I, did they say if it's PG-13 or R? Did we get an answer on that I don't that think yet? we have a solid answer on that yet. I'm hoping that they trim the budget and go full R on it. It's just all... you. You're, right now you're getting all of the... We're going to make it loyal to Deadpool fans regardless of whatever. You know, the whole... Basically, like, you know, what's the new Rambo or Terminator? Anytime one of those movies comes out and they're like, Oh, what is it going to be? And then it's always PG-13 because they want more money. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that it... That at some point in the movie he acknowledges and or kills his origins self. That'd be good. Just start the movie with him like, <laughs> that'd be great. Amy, any thoughts on Deadpool costume? I liked it. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the little teaser they made not that long ago and that really got me excited for the movie. And I thought it was like a hoax at first. Yeah. That it wasn't actually going to happen. Someone was just really creative and put it together. Mm-hmm. But... To actually see that it's happening, I would be really excited if they would make it R and would just go full out. I, if they made it PG-13, I would be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's doable. It, it, you could do it, but I just feel like you'd neuter the character a lot. Yeah. And you know? I don't know. It just wouldn't feel like Deadpool then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's it, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It does. And I, <laughs> I, I think... Seeing him do some of the insane fourth wall stuff on screen will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Like interacting with the audience. It'll be like Blue's Clues on crack, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm really like excited that, for that. That's what I really like. You know, Deadpool's gratuitous and kills a lot of people and there's blood and gore everywhere and whatever. But I do have a lot more fun with the fourth walliness than I do the gore and yeah. gratuity that goes on. So I, you know. Oh my God! Maybe the opening scene is he storms uh, Tom Rothman's office at a fox and kills <laughs> to him. To get the movie made? No, kills him for for butchering his character and origins. <laughs> Please make that the opening of the movie. If you haven't shot it yet, just do it. That'd be pretty good. Like have him kill fox execs because it'd be hysterical. Give me the after credit scene. It'd be great. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. All right. Uh, next up, we have news of a new writer. 
coming to the Friday the 13th reboot. Uh, Jason, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Nick Antosca, who writes for Hannibal, will be doing a draft of the film. Willie, how do you feel about this as the uh, resident Friday, thir- Friday the 13th fan? It's weird. Like, it's it's exciting, but it's also strange. Yeah. Because it's Hannibal. I mean, I, I Nick's watched a lot of Hannibal. I know that he's kind of the, the Hannibal guy, but I've seen the first season. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really it's a great show, but it's it takes itself pretty seriously. And Friday the Thirteenth has been so tongue in cheek for so long that I'm curious to see if that if his writing on Hannibal will inform Friday the Thirteenth, and if so, what the hell does that look like? Yeah. But I watch I'll watch. I mean, I've said it before. I'll watch any Friday the Thirteenth. I don't care. On the other hand, it could be one of those things where he's like, "Oh, I'm just a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan," and and it I could wanna... be full schlock. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping they do the winter thing, though. We've said this before, and I'm hoping that. Yeah. The winter, camp. the winter setting, that would be cool. Amy, any thoughts? Friday the Thirteenth. No thoughts. <laughs> no thoughts. <laughs> okay. Uh, so two more stories here. We have the first picture of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor for Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. <laughs> Batman v Superman. Excuse me. I'm gonna echo Tim's thoughts on this. Yeah. I'm speaking for Tim. It's a bald Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> Thank you. That was exactly my thoughts. Like, if you put that on Facebook and was like, I shaved my head, I'd be like, yeah, you did. You shaved your head. Okay. How is it making him left Luther? It's just anyway? funny. That, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny to me because, like, the way people react to it, and I get it. People are excited. It's totally okay. Yeah. And I know a lot it's of people. It's not like they're giving us anything else to chew on. Exactly. And a lot of people were speculating if he was going to have hair or not, if they were going to go the Gene Hackman route, or if they were going to go full on bald. And so I get the relief there. Yeah. But. People are acting like they showed him off in his big green suit from the comics or something. <laughs> it's like, guys, it's just a fucking. It, it, you could have taken the 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 poster for Social Network and photoshopped, photoshopped a bald head, and it's the same thing. <laughs> Why are we all spazzing? So no, well, I won't. I won't lie. It's like I said in the group text. I think he looks a lot better with a bald head than I ever assumed that he would. Yeah, no, I, I can see that too. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, but. You know, to the fans that are excited, I'm very happy you're excited. I am. I'm very happy for you, for you Lex fans out there. For me personally, it's bald Jesse Eisenberg. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. When Tim said that, that was exactly how I felt. So that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I hate yeah. to hate to vomit up Tim's words, but it's. Just <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I know. I remember I saw it and looked at it, and I was like, "Okay, that's it. It's it's, it's got a good head. It's just his face. Okay, nice head." It's, I mean, that's a little... Like, the headline made it act like it was, like, a huge reveal. And I was like, oh, man, something exciting's happening. Well, oh, I've, it's I've, Jesse Eisenberg bald. I feel like all of this Batman-Superman stuff is just being kind of petered out. Like, that shot of Aquaman, Jason Momoa's Aquaman. It's, it's a it's strange... Like, Here's picture. How do you think about it, It's Internet? a strange, <laughs> strange information trickle yeah let's have i wouldn't even call it a trickle no i i, I don't and they even got footage why the hell haven't they put out a teaser yet when is the movie set to release it's supposed to come out in 2016 but okay. come on i like would you showed yeah. footage at comic-con don't even just take words from the movie and put it to like the logo exploding do the dark knight thing and just put it out there like that give people something that's just kind of like Tangible? Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't just be like, here's a picture of costume. 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 Here's bald Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> yeah. Like, we present to you. Yeah. Bald Jesse Eisenberg. It's, no, yeah. it, you're absolutely right. I think that, I well, my initial thought was that the 
Aquaman poster was going to be the first of multiple to come. Yeah. And that they were going to trickle them out over the course of a couple months. And I was like, okay, sweet. Like, we'll see a different Justice League member every so often. And they'll all have the whole, you know, Unite the Seven or whatever the thing was. Was it even yeah. really a poster, though? Like, did it get released? No. It was just like an... It was uh, just a picture that was on the internet. Right. Yeah, pretty much. So... It's so strange. That would have been cool. But yeah. they didn't do that. No. So I'm know. not sure... I d- yeah, I don't know. I think they're trying to figure it out. I think WBDC, I think they I think they've like they don't have the hype machine working properly yet. Like I remember even thinking with Man of Steel, there was the same amount of lead time even though I don't think it got delayed like this one did. And we didn't hear anything about it until like Comic-Con the year before. They do more of a blitz marketing type thing, yeah. which I think a lot of studios are doing now anyway. But I think the direct comparison, obviously, is Marvel. And Marvel does not do that. Marvel's, no. Marvel's teasing shit eight years before it comes out. <laughs> which, Beautiful. Which, to be, fair, to be fair, is also strange. But, um, but somewhere in between. I mean, there's, come on. I think they're trying to catch their footing. I think they're trying to figure out exactly what they need to do to get that hype. But I think the answer is clear. Put out the fucking teaser from Comic-Con. Right. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. If you put that out, the internet will explode. No, seriously, it will. You, are you, I, you don't even need to do that. Like, put out a two-second clip of those two standing face, like like side by side or face to face, and yeah. people will lose their shit. Then, like, then logo, yeah. boom, that's it, yeah. done. Do like some the, rain, like some the, music. Do the, do the do the most the motion poster thing, like Daredevil. Anything, yeah, anything that can actually make people realize, holy crap, these two are going to be on screen together. I mean, yeah, you can tell people that, but until they see it, the hype doesn't begin. So they need to take a page out of Marvel's book and start doing I, something. I think they're trying to avoid that. And I think that I, I get it. I know that they don't want to like copy clearly they don't want to, because they're doing this very differently in terms of the rollout. But I think that there's a reason why some of Marvel stuff has succeeded. And I don't think they have to fully ape that. Yeah. That program. You know what I'm saying? This like, is one of those things though, that you don't even need to like, like ape, like, this is marketing 101. It's called releasing stuff about Put your stuff movie. stuff out for your movie it's so cool. people know that it's coming and that it's out there. But like, I mean, look how they did Look how they look how they revealed their next 20 movies. A press release. To, to be fair, I mean Marvel Marvel basically did that too, but it was a press con- or like an Apple keynote. Like it's this it was the same There's a kind difference. There's a difference though because you have you have a crowd there to get people psyched. So when you're watching it online, you hear the cheers, and that gets you kind of into it. Yeah. They brought up the actual actors on yep. stage. They showed off at least like a title treat, like a title thing for it. So there's more of a presentation to it. Yeah, and you can't tell me Warner Brothers doesn't have the money to at least do something similar to that. And it, I don't. Know, it's weird, but we'll see. I don't want to shit on them too much. I'm really trying not to be negative about it, but they haven't. Giving me much to not be, and this well, this isn't even this like still. Fair. This isn't even speaking to the quality of the movie. We have no idea about that. It could be great. It could be just, terrible. I don't know. Just one of those things where it's like, I'm tired of waiting. Just show me something. Give me, give me some. And I like, I don't even watch trailers. And I, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I almost wonder so. if they're waiting for Avengers two to come out hmm. because I think they're worried that the second I, I truly think they're worried that the second they put something out, Marvel's going to be like, here's a new. Minute and a half long Avengers trailer. Have a good time, kids. <laughs> and then they'll be like, "Fuck!" <laughs> because people are going to automatically go to the established thing. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's, I, that's my. But the theory. problem is they're never safe from that because even if they do it after Avengers come, they're like, "Look at this Doctor ten Strange. minute." Here's the first half an hour of Ant Man or like something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think though, I think Avengers is the one they fear. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yep. So. 
All right, finally, we just got some news. This is hot off the press. Uh, the CW Arrows star, Stephen Amell, is going to be Casey Jones in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 by Platinum Dunes. <sighs> I mean, isn't he playing Casey Jones on Arrow? Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I'm just, I think, I'm just I being think, a smart I think he's a good Casey Jones. Yeah, I... I, I gotta see him with the with the hair first. He better not have like a crew cut, or I'm gonna be pissed because that's yeah, not that was, Casey Jones. But I think I, he looks so good, and I think I personally I don't know how other people think about this, but I think the wigs that they use on Arrow are great. Like I think he looks good. You're an enthusiast of their. They, yeah, seriously. I like, I like I think the he Arrow looks wigs. Horrible in the I, Arrow wigs. No, do you think he looks horrible, or do you think the wig looks bad? I think the wig looks like a really bad toupee. Okay. okay. It I'm, just looks bad. I never really given it much thought. Because as soon as it, that's, the scene comes on, he's wearing that wig. The first thing my eye goes to is that wig, which hmm. in my mind means that it's not a good wig. If it was a good wig, I wouldn't notice it. Well, okay. That being said, we could have better wigs on Ninja Turtles. That's true. They could have a different wig master. Yeah. Maybe Michael Bay knows a guy. Maybe. He probably does. I feel but. like he's the kind of guy who's connected enough to have a wig guy. I think I think I think he looks good in the wigs. It's never really well, bothered and me I that think much, I think but. you know. Obvi- I mean, I, I hope he has the hair because that's part of Casey Jones. Yeah, but I mean, more importantly than that, I think I think he's got the right attitude for it. I think he could. I, I he's going to have to be a little more fun than he is on Arrow because yeah. he's a little bit of a downer on Arrow. But which he is by design. Like in real life, he is kind of like that though. Like he has his own winery and he makes his own wine and like <laughs> perfect <laughs> does, for does, Casey. Does it make Jones. him a downer? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm saying that like in real life he's not a downer. It doesn't seem oh, he's like not it. a downer. Okay, I thought you were yeah. saying like, like no. he's, he's, he seems like that in real life. Like he's a downer in real life. He's a winery. I'm like, it's no. not a bad. Thing. It seems like he has a good time. Like he posts videos yeah, of no, himself, right. like yeah. with yeah. GoPro cameras, and like doing zip lines through mm-hmm. like winery orchards, whenever, whatever you call them. Whenever Ollie needs to be like Playboy Ollie and have fun, I think he does a good job with it. So he yeah. can turn it on. Yeah, I think he can do it. I'm I'm down. I mean it. The first one didn't knock my socks off, so I'm not exactly all that excited anyway. Yeah. I mean, if they announced Elias Coteus is coming back, that they had de-aged him and... and, and <laughs> no, you know what? Try. I don't need to de-age him. <laughs> Have him be Rome- Megan Fox's romantic inter- like lead. That would be so gross. No, man, that's I'd Mikey. i so excited. Mikey's there. Wait, they're bringing Megan Fox back? Yeah. Ugh. yeah. I didn't yeah, even man. see the first one, and I knew it wasn't going to be good. Yep. It wasn't great. It could have been worse, technically. It could have been Megan a lot Fox. worse. I think it- we all agreed after that first one, and, and you... Fair listener, you'd have to go back and listen to it. To you, scorekeeper, yeah, scorekeeper, let us know what we said because I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we all said that it wasn't irreparably damaged. Yeah, that there was a chance to. The second one can could be a lot better. So it's possible. I think the introduction of characters like Casey Jones, Bebop, Rocksteady. That's now you just have fun with it. Make it the damn cartoon. And, and if they do that, that that'd be awesome. But kind of like I just, I'm not inspired by the lack of regime change like and it's not like michael bay is going to disappear and not produce the movie because planet no, dunes is behind no. it but i wish they could be like here's this writer that's good at this kind of thing or here's the writers that uh worked on one of the live action ones back in the day like yeah. anything like that to just kind of get or here's this was written by jonathan liebsman or, i say know. get kevin eastman yeah. involved because jonathan liebsman, they've been doing yeah. some really great no liebsman was the director yeah but yeah. i i meant i meant kevin okay. eastman uh get eastman involved. i mean he's been doing some really cool stuff with the with the comics yeah I, I think that would he could find a fine line between family friendly and uh dark enough to appease some of the older fans yeah you know what i mean i, I there is a middle ground to be struck it's been struck before so um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm. I think they just go full out and make it nuts and just 
really focus on the action scenes. Clearly, the story is not going to be a strong point. So just make it nuts. Yeah. Give me awesome Turtles action Do scenes. Do fun stuff with it. I, and, and I'm cool with that. Casey Jones is probably a good start. Yeah. 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 And the Bebop Braxton, like you I'd said. Be, yeah, that'd be great. I'm super interested Tatsu. to see them. Where's Tatsu? Tatsu? Bring Tatsu back. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if he's going to make an appearance. That'd be <laughs> nice, though. Um, speaking of Tatsu. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Tatsu, we'll move on to our full review of Kyle XY Season 1. Yes, he's a huge Kyle XY fan. Yeah, Tatsu loves Kyle XY. Big fan. Uh, no, April Fools. We are what? actually reviewing Ridley Scott's Black Rain. I hope you guys watched the movie. Wait, what? It's not much of an April Fools because you posted on the Facebook page I know. that we were doing Black Rain. I know. <laughs> no one reads our Facebook page. Amy, stop I read it. it. <laughs> You're reviewing it. No. Um, what, is that really what we're doing? Yeah, Black Rain. Oh. Kyle XY? Shit. No. I'm not ready. I'm just being an ass. Man. You're playing. You're playing this so well. I was like, do we do we need to take a break right now? Yeah, no. I, I don't know what's happening. Uh, so Tony, Tony Ridley Scott's Black Rain said to be his, one of his most Tony movies. Tony Scott like yeah, movies. Yeah, perhaps his most Tony. <laughs> Did not win a Tony for this film though. <laughs> this is a movie. Uh, Black Rain, directed by Ridley Scott. The synopsis on IMDb says: Two New York cops get involved in a gang war between the members of the Yakuza, which is the Japanese mafia. They arrest one of their killers and, a, and are ordered to escort him back to Japan. In Japan, however, he manages to escape. As they try to track him down, they get deeper and deeper into the Japanese mafia scene, and they have to learn what they can. And they have to learn that they can only win by playing the game the Japanese way. Super wordy. Really wordy. Doesn't. I don't need to know be why much. I do this anymore. How why, about, do I, why do I bother reading these? Synopsis? Two New York cops go to Japan to find a criminal. Yep. There you go. Boom. Nailed it. Willie, Willie, you should write more IMDb synopses. I'm all over that. Uh, this movie stars Michael <laughs> Douglas, uh, Andy Garcia, Ken Takakura, and Kate... Ka- well, Kate... Kate Capshaw. Kate Capshaw. You nailed Takakura, man. I, I got the Japanese down, but apparently yeah. you give me any kind of tongue twister almost name, then I can't do it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. This is a Ridley Scott movie. came out in 1989, which is after uh, Alien and, uh, and Blade Runner and a lot of his other films. Why are we viewing this, Alex? What, Amy? Were you born yet? No, I was not born yet. Fun fact. <laughs> why? Why are we reviewing this? Why one? are we reviewing this, Willie? We're reviewing this movie number one because we haven't done a retro review in a while. It has been a while. Number two because nothing came out this weekend that we care about. That's true. Number and th- any time nothing comes out this weekend that we care about, <laughs> we review a film with rain in the title. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, number three. This is a movie that you've wanted to get on the podcast for a long time. That's true. So uh, I may have been obnoxious once or twice. <laughs> I can't say for sure. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Willie, as, as you are the fondest and, and the proprietor of this idea, uh, why don't you uh, share your thoughts on Black Rain? I wanted to review Black Rain because really Scott, I think, is an incredibly important director, despite where he's kind of at right now. We haven't been too, super impressed by his last few. Mm-hmm. Um, but... He's a very prolific director. I mean, when you look at some of the greatest films of all time on a lot of people's lists, there's at least one Ridley Scott movie on there. Um, and this one, I feel like, I feel like stacks up there and deserves to be kind of in the pantheon of the of the the really quality Ridley Scott films. And but I feel like it doesn't get recognized very much. Right so, next to Exodus and uh, yeah. and the Counselor, you know it. Yep, yep. But. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I just feel like, like a lot of people forget about this one. And 
it's a shame because I think it's a very, very interesting, I think it's a unique cop story, at least for its time it was. I love movies that challenge your concept of what an American is like, of mm. what, 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 or, or what, what somebody from another country is like. I love the idea of xenophobia and, and the fear of another culture and... Fish out of water. And fish out of water without being goofy. Yeah. And, you know, goofy's fun, too. You know, like Thor. Thor's a great fish out of water movie. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I really enjoy culture blending and, and people trying to adapt to different surroundings. And um, this, was, this was Michael Douglas kind of at his, at his hottest. Um, <laughs> he was very, very... <laughs> slow down, Amy. Am I right? <laughs> I know. You were like, no, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> um <laughs> I'll take some of that Garcia, but no, yeah. uh, no Michael Douglas for me. As no. long as he shaves his chest. Yeah. No, I'm okay yeah. with the chest hair. Actually. The oh, sweater. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> he's okay with it too. <laughs> if he brain. laid on a bearskin rug, you couldn't tell where it ended and he began. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, Michael Douglas was really kind of at his, at his peak in terms of. I think he had just done Fatal Attraction. Okay. I, I could be off there, but I think he had just done Fatal Attraction. He was about to do Basic Instinct. So he was kind of in that streak of movies this is, that. This is post Romancing the Stone. I believe so. Yeah, okay. I think Romancing the Stone was 85. Oh, I like I that think. one. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Jewel of the Nile is not bad either, really. A lot of people crap on it, but it's the sequel. But it's, it's pretty solid. Anyway, so uh, Andy Garcia, this is one of his kind of earlier performances in terms of when people knew who Andy Garcia was. Um, and then uh, I love Ken Takakura's character. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's great. Like probably one of my favorite film characters of all time. Like every time I watch this movie, I'm like, God, I love Moss. Like he's just such a cool, such a cool character and such a, he offers such an interesting insight into Japanese culture. And, and you are kind of the expert here at the table on Japan. I mean, you've at least been there a couple of times yeah. and you, you kind of have an idea of what it's like to well, be there. I work there, for so. a Japanese company too. So there's so. that. So I, I'm curious to see what you thought of when we get mm-hmm. around to you. But I think in, in my mind, this film does a damn good job of, of kind of capturing a snapshot of Japan. And, but not... It takes you there and keeps you there long enough to really understand kind of how it works and the the ideas and the the, the honor system that a lot of Japanese feel and have and 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 follow, but not to be a stereotype the whole time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's not you know these are these are characters that actually have personalities and they're not you know mindless zombies too. So that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it looks beautiful. I, this movie is very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got lots of fans. Yes, and lots vents. of lots of backlit fans <laughs> yep. and blinds mm-hmm. with light showing through them. Some got rain, some shadows, and some rain and a little bit of smoke. Some too. neon, perhaps. Yeah, there's some neon going on. Mm-hmm. All the all the Ridley Scott staples. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the character arcs I think are very interesting for mm-hmm. all three of the leads. Uh, four, I guess. Kate Capshaw is a little bit. She's a little less to do, which is one of my minor complaints about the movie is i wish that she was more of a presence throughout yeah um but even she has like there's kind of an interesting story there that isn't told but it you can kind of infer where she's coming from and and where she's been and stuff um no i I, the soundtrack is killer i love Mm -hmm. this soundtrack it it's i think the first collaboration between uh, hans and hans zimmer and ridley scott Mm -hmm. and they would go on again to do gladiator which hans won an oscar for yeah so uh, fantastic soundtrack if you guys I'm sure you've seen Gladiator both of you but yep. mm-hmm. just to remind you it's a fantastic soundtrack <laughs> um, so I love the soundtrack um, I, there's not much I don't like about this movie there really isn't um, it's got some 80s cheese it does like any movie from that time period there's a bit the hair is kind of goofy 
you know. Yep. Um, there are some moments that uh, Michael Douglas's character is a little too macho for his own good sometimes, where you're like, come on, mm-hmm. like, come on, Mike, cut it out. But <laughs> but all in all, I think it, it's it's a very interesting movie. It's one that should be talked about, um, and I think it deserves more recognition than it got. So, yeah. All right. Amy, what'd you think about Black Rain? That chest hair. <laughs> yep. Uh, I did not like Black Rain. No? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really surprised. I know. <laughs> um, for me, it was just a little too intense. Uh, I I don't know. I cannot relate to Michael Douglas's character at all. <laughs> and he's on screen 99.9% of the movie. And it's hard for me. I just couldn't get into it. I just. He's pretty bullheaded. He yeah, is. And I don't know. I I would have been more excited if uh, what's her name had been in it more because maybe then Kate Capshaw I would have had someone to relate to in the movie okay. and it would have maybe pulled me in more than it did. But I just I don't know. I feel like if you have a movie with a lot of violence, like sometimes it's good to bring in a little comedy to kind of lighten it up a little bit. And I feel like they don't really do that at all. So for me, it just felt like really intense and heavy the whole time, and it was just kind of hard for me to enjoy it. Okay. That's fair. Fair enough. But Andy Garcia's chest hair was nice. <laughs> it's, it's pretty thick. How about his uh, his singing? Yes, that was very nice. <laughs> I will that say, was, we'll, we'll have to talk about that because that's an interesting yeah, scene. Yeah, when uh, yeah. we get to spill it, Harry, I will okay. talk about that more. But yes, I, okay. that's pretty much, yeah. I you felt. liked Andy Garcia? I did. I okay. did. And you can understand why I don't like this movie very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... I enjoyed the movie quite a bit, and and as Willie was kind of saying, like it's it's fascinating to me that back in the in in the late eighties, early nineties, with two seemingly American or at least non Japanese writers, they were able to kind of these seem like people that had encountered the Japanese culture had written this movie because you you very much get to see how uh, Ken Takakura's character handles having these two Americans around and it's very much one of those things where he's he's being ordered to kind of placate them but also not to let them interfere with the investigation and kind of watching how he as a Japanese man tries to be polite but also tries to fulfill his duty it's really really cool to see him struggle with that and to see Michael Douglas kind of just run right over that to be like, this is, I'm here to do this thing and I need to do this. It's fun watching that clash. And I feel like they really, really nailed that. I feel like they have a really accurate portrayal of, of Japanese culture here as somebody who's not Japanese. Maybe somebody who is, would be like, Oh my God, this is such a caricature, but Tokyo training boy, Tokyo training boy. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's actually Japanese or if he just lives there. Well, let us know. Yeah. Please write yeah. in. Let us know if, if, uh, you know, if you've seen, uh, Black Rain and how you feel about it as a, cool, yeah. as a portrayal of Japan. At least as somebody who's even more rooted there, like I've been there twice, but you live there, so it'd be cool to have you write in and talk about it. But um, no, I did I did like the movie quite a bit, and I, and I think Ridley Scott is a super skillful director and has a really beautiful way of constructing shots and, and, and making things interesting and kind of using his lighting and and, and uh, just what he's placing on screen to kind of inform what you're supposed to think or feel about the people who are there and what's going on. So that's always nice. We forgot to mention there were some sparks too. Ridley Scott likes sparks. 
So those those were also there. In case any sort of uh, some sort of um, particle. Yes, yeah. par- par- any particle effects. Uh, Ridley Scott's all over those. Um, I did like the soundtrack quite a bit, and Willie did point out at one point he's like, "Oh, you hear a little bit of Batman Begins in there," and it's totally true. Which is it's fun. It's really cool to kind of hear that theme a little bit, or at least that kind of phrasing in in a different movie, and and it works well, I think. And uh, but I think this is also back in the day, like Hans was just kind of like playing with the orchestral and also kind of the electronic, and then also kind of a little bit of like Japanese influence over his Western style, which is. It's fun to see all of that culminate into the the music that he made. So, and a theme song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wrote the theme song as well, sang by uh, one of the Almond uh, Brothers, Greg Almond, I yeah. think, or one of the Almonds. Yeah, yeah, which it, it's pretty corny. It feels like an '80s theme song, but it's fun. It's fun. So, all in all, I think uh, I can recommend it. Sounds like Amy maybe doesn't. I think if I knew if someone liked movies that were similar to this, I'd recommend it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. It's not your kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Willie obviously recommends it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, it is, it is dark. It is dark. So I Mm -hmm. think that's a fair, fair warning from Amy that, you know, it's, you're not going to get a lot of levity, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You might be kind of depressed at the end of it. So, yeah. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break and we will come right back with spoiler Terry for Black Rain. Here we are in spoiler Terry for Black Rain. Amy, you had some spoilery points you wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, for me, my favorite character by far was Andy Garcia's character. I felt like, at least in the beginning, there was some levity to it. Mm-hmm. There was some comedy, and it was brought by Andy Garcia. And then they swiftly behead him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that swiftly. Like, the movie's it's like halfway through, you know? Yeah, I think it's... It might be, I don't know, 45 minutes in, an hour in, yeah. something like that. But no, they do. I mean, it's a swift stroke yes. of the sword. <laughs> On a motorcycle. Yeah. Yes. Um, I guess, I don't know. For me, that was kind of when they lost me because I was just like, really? The one character that I really felt like I could relate to was having some fun in Japan and seeing karaoke. <laughs> Which is a great scene. And giving his tie to strange men he just met. Like, this guy was fun. Let's kill him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't deserve to live. <laughs> well, and it seemed, it was interesting because that, like, according to the IMDb uh, trivia, he kind of ad-libbed that scene a bit as a way to further drive your connection to him and make his death more effective. And, like, I understand what his death was meant to accomplish. Yeah. But at the same time, it would have been... Fine if they killed off Moss instead. Maybe that would have no, been No, <laughs> no way, man. No. Because <laughs> he was bringing me down. Like He gets like suspended oh, or whatever from work. And he oh. lives in this tiny hole in like this prison-looking apartment complex with <laughs> Welcome to Japan. A, a grown son. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, um, I, I get that. I get, I get the Andy Garcia thing. I do. Yeah. No, and it, um, like it's not the Moss thing. I'm sorry. To not okay. have a connection to the story is obviously a big issue. I talk about that a lot with things like you know, pain and gain, and other, like if they if I can't buy into a movie with with any particular character, then a lot of the times it's just really hard to care about it. So. Yeah, I mean, I can't even think of what her name is, but what the, the lady's what's her name? Kate Capshaw. Yeah, her. 
uh, <laughs> to me, her story was more interesting. Like I wanted to know more about her. Yeah. And her name was Joyce in the film. Joyce. I wanted to know more about her. She's from Chicago. Why was she in Japan? What's she doing in Japan? Like, yeah, who is they, this girl? They don't mention much about it. I mean, they, they mention don't. how long she's been there, like four years, did she say, or seven years? Something that was like seven that. years. Yeah. So she's been there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I right. wanted to know more about her. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know, in it, what, a whole 15 minutes of the movie? Yeah, she yeah. only yeah. has a few. She's kind of there to help him anytime he doesn't, he's at a standstill, she kind of go this way, you know. So really, she has all the information. He just goes to her because he's lost. Well, and it's it's kind of because she has the cachet with the Japanese people as she's kind of been there and and interacts with them more. But him is like the bullheaded cop gaijin, which means foreigner in Japanese, and is used as like a as a derogatory term for foreigners. He has no way to like interact with anybody that could actually give him information. So it yeah. like her role is important, but you don't get enough about her from it, which is. Don't Sad. get a lot of backstory. Yeah. No. I I wanted to say about the the Andy Garcia thing. The the first time I watched this, like I I felt the exact same way. I was like, oh my god, why did they just do that? Like, like like I had the wind taken out of me for a second because mm-hmm. I'm just like, what? And then I, I, for a while I was kind of out of the movie. Like I was like this, like I'm bummed. <laughs> like I don't yeah. want to watch this anymore. But I I actually the more the more I watch it, the more I realize how genius that is because Ridley kind of sucks you into this false sense of security like Michael Douglas's character is not likable he's not a likable guy um you can see that he's made mistakes and that he there is a degree of feeling bad for the mistakes he's made and there are reasons why he's made those decisions but he's not a very easy guy to like no and Andy Garcia is a very easy guy to like in this movie and it's it's amazing to me what he does because he gets takes you on this journey to Japan and the scene right before Andy Garcia dies is like this jovial, the first real major since they've been in Japan, jovial, happy, like easygoing scene. Everybody's having a good time and stuff. And if you remember right, the first time they see the motorcycle riders, none of them are recognizable as Sato's gang. Mm-hmm. They almost seem like they might just be a bunch of like a bunch of dicks, like goofing around. around. You don't yeah. quite. You get danger for a minute, and then you're like, you don't think about it again. You're yeah. like, oh, okay, that happened. So. When they show back up, it almost lulls you into that false sense of security again. So you're like, oh, here come these douchebags again. And then you realize, no, this is a problem. Like, yeah. As soon as he grabs the jacket and drives off, you know something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, I love that when Andy Garcia's character is gone, 90% of the audience, except for hardened, cro- hardened cops that might be sitting in the audience, <laughs> um, which there probably aren't that many, have lost their connection. Yeah. And I like that because here you've got... Now the movie is about two guys, one that you don't understand mm-hmm. as an American audience member. You're like, I don't get Moss. Like, I don't get it. What, why, what is his deal? And then one that you don't want to get because he's a douche. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's kind of cool because as for me, at least watching as you go through the movie and as they kind of find at least a bond to get them through the mission together, like you start to kind of, I feel tethered to that bond, not necessarily to either character, but I feel tethered to the two of them trying to learn to work with each other. So that's, I think there's, if that's intentional, it's, I think it works great for me personally, but, um, I, I've always, I've always on further viewings, loved that, like that moment of like, wow, now I'm not safe. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm stuck with this guy. You know, I I like that. So, well, and I think one of the things that I wish they would have done a little bit more of, I think you get a lot of Moss kind of coming around to 
to Michael Douglas's kind of way of thinking, especially after um, after Andy, Andy Garcia dies, because you like they go on this kind of rampage and they just do it the American way, and you see Moss kind of do that, but you never really see Michael Douglas really glom on to the Japanese way, like to actually following protocol and doing anything like that. And I get it because it's kind of like, oh, it's just not going to happen if we do it that way. But I wish we would have, like, I wish that part of the arc would have been a little bit more informed by Michael Douglas actually getting something out of his interaction with Moss, which I think he does. I just don't think it's portrayed yeah. particularly clearly in the film. I don't disagree. Yeah. I think the only time that you see it, I think there's a couple moments. I think him him giving back the plates at the end is yeah. is one is one moment and and I've always wondered to myself does he did he take the plates initially with the intention of actually taking the plates and then decide later on like no I'm not going to do it or did he take the plates knowing he was going to troll Moss at the end there <laughs> you know what I mean I never understood exactly yeah. and then not killing Sato I think is a decision he makes that, that's true too yeah that's, so it's not as there's some there but it feels like like yeah. it's all at like the end point it's none of it's like you don't see him taking that the like the Japanese honor and mm-hmm. incorporating incorporating it into himself into in the investigation. To, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wish there was a little bit of that there. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing, other than that, like them capturing Sato in the end, kind of exonerates both of them. Where in reality, I feel <laughs> like in Japan, it would have just been like, no, I'm Beheading. sorry, yeah, you're done. <laughs> like you shouldn't have in- interfered with this, and you know, I don't know, it's. You're absolutely 110% correct. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just one of those things where they, that part doesn't feel particularly accurate. But you Well, know. it's okay because Moss doesn't need to go back to the police force because Michael Douglas has essentially turned him to a life of crime. <laughs> He's now well, going to be a master counterfeiter. So. <laughs> he has the ability to be, but yeah. Moss the millionaire. <laughs> I like to think that he just goes and visits Michael Douglas in New York and they like have a, have a romp in New York. Like they just a boys run weekend. around beating up. Yeah. You want that. Guys. You want Singing that karaoke. Sequel. I'd watch that. Yeah. That'd Sadly, Ken Takakura is no longer with us. So yeah. I will accept no substitute. I don't think Michael Douglas is very believable as a rugged cop at this juncture anymore. either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. So, uh, let's see. I think else? the only way that I could have enjoyed this movie is that Tim were here drunk singing Purple Rain? <laughs> <laughs> well, that technically can make any movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I think true. That would I'd go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 again. I would. With Tim singing Purple Rain drunk. I would consider going to see it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, I don't know. I, I like this movie. Yeah. I'm a fan. I'm glad we talked about it. Me too. Yes. And I'm glad it wasn't one of those things, because I feel like a lot of the times when we do a retro, it's just like, oh... I love this movie. It's great. And then it's like, oh, I love this movie. It's great. And then it's like, oh, I love this movie. It's great. Yeah, so I'm glad yeah. that that Amy didn't necessarily love it so we can at least kind of... You're I think that's, that's the benefit of seeing... of doing retro reviews where we haven't all seen the movie before. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that I think that benefited Monster Squad too, just because yeah. Nick wasn't a huge fan. So yeah. at least we had something to talk about. And I, and it, yeah, know. it gives it gives us kind of points of conversation. Not to mention, like I think we very early on were like, "What is the point of these retro reviews?" And we were like, "Well, it's not like we're ever going to do Raiders of the Lost Ark." Like, right? There's that, no point in us sitting there talking about the movie because number one, we all love it, and number two, everybody does. It'd be so. the worst review ever. Yeah, 
terrible. I'm kind of worried about it with Furious 7. Oh, no. It's going to be fun. Because <laughs> I think everybody's just going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it probably that's is. All, it's, this doesn't it's, sound bad It's going to be that for an hour. Wasn't that a Furious 6 review, though, too? A little bit. I did listen to it today, and it was... I, so I think we, we can do it. I think we can have a it's good time. We'll but fine. the problem is, like, that was four people. We have everybody in the world that wants to be on this one, so we kind of having like a like like six people talking on the end. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Yeah, so yeah. we'll make it work. We'll see. Tune in next week. Very excited. Find out. Furious I'll sit seven. it out. I got a wedding to plan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to it and be excited. No, you got to be there. <clears throat> Me, familia. Yeah, Tim, hopefully Tim's. You or Tim have to be there to represent for Tyrese because. We know that the real Tyrese love comes from you guys, since you actually like Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, and Luda. And Luda, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. I'm just excited. <laughs> the first time around, any t- <laughs> there were many times <laughs> where something in the movie was ludicrous. <laughs> we would just stop me, ludicrous. I'm hoping that happens more. That's ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> so Bridges. That's Bow Wow. No, that doesn't work. No. He's in this one, though, so that's fun. Do we know this for sure? Yeah. I'm not sure Good. how I feel about that. Uh, feel happy about Bow Wow. Yeah. Have you seen Tokyo Drift? I have. Then you know how cool Twinkie is. I mean, his car was pretty cool. Yeah, and he's gonna be a big Bow Wow with the car now. Oh, watch <laughs> Full out! Sized Bow Wow. Yes. Full sized. Yes. Not, not just uh, not bite sized Bow Wow. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything about this movie that I won't love. I'm very excited about it. It's like the opposite of how I feel about Insurgent. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I might I go know. see that too, actually. She wants to go still. Yeah. Even though she Tim and I are going to go. Right. Not sure when, but yeah. we'll let you know. You and Nikki want to come. Sounds good. All right. Yes. Well, that leads us to the end of our review of Black Rain. Yeah. Sorry, my, sorry Michael, <laughs> Michael Douglas and Billy <laughs> Scott. Andy uh, Garcia, we love you. Yes. Pour one out. Uh, feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com let us know what you think of the things we talk about or the show itself or whatever you want to talk to us about let us know that you're out there listening because I was like knowing that people are listening to us when we don't think people are listening it gets to be less fun so please do that at MFN podcast on Instagram and Twitter Midwest Film Nerds podcast on Facebook and Vine uh, Midwest Game Nerds podcast is now on Facebook so search for that as well it's also on Stitcher Radio and in iTunes please check it out um, all of our episodes all 121 plus bonus episodes are available on MidwestFilmNerds.com with full show notes so please take a look at that Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com you can go there and shop on Amazon as you normally do and part of your order will come to us by part I mean like Point zero 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 one percent. I don't know what the actual percentage is. But Spend it's lots of money on Amazon. Spend money on Amazon. The same amount of money as you normally do. Just let some of it come back to us. If you're not doing like smile.amazon.com so it goes to like the Humane Society. Yeah, no, do that first. I mean... Or not. Well, Whatever you, you want to do. Whatever like, you want to do. Whatever you prefer. Maybe one day, because you order from Amazon multiple times a week like I do. So maybe one day do smile and then one day do us. And then switch back and forth. I have cats that need to be fed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else? Next week is the season finale of Better Call Saul. So I think uh, we will be doing a uh, wrap-up episode with a few of the guys from the Game Nerds. John and Brian are going to talk with me about Better Call Saul. So please tune in for that. 
And uh, I'm hoping we'll have more of those to do this year. I don't know who's up to date on The Flash and Arrow and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But uh, I would would like to talk about all of those uh, when those come, which will be probably April, May timeline. Up to date on Shark Tank. You want to talk about that? (laughs) (laughs) I am not up to date on Shark Tank. One man, one man bonus episode on Shark Tank. It's oh god! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the worst episode ever. <laughs> let's not do that. Uh, we do have something else special in the works. Yes, yes. I, let's not say anything. No, about it no, yet. I yeah. won't say anything. But we uh, do have something else special yeah. in the works. But as always, we we hope to bring you more consistent bonus episodes because it's fun to do more, and uh, we have ideas. It's just having the time to sit down and do them. So uh we stay have tuned. Ideas. What? We have ideas. We have ideas. It's our other podcast name. No, that's the name of the sequel to Life Is Now, our indie darling that we're making. Uh way off the train tracks. I don't know. Kyle X Y, go watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs>